Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 180 podcast. You know, these episodes have been a great way for us to stay connected whilst we don't have any physical Zoom gatherings. We don't have a Zoom gathering today because it's the second day of Chinese New Year, which traditionally, right, is the day we're supposed to go and visit family and friends and bailing and all that sort of stuff. But now with COVID around, this has probably changed your plans a little bit. So if you're not able to get connected with family as much this year, I feel your pain, you know, all the good food or the licey you might not be able to go and get. But I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you're staying safe. I hope that whatever you're doing today, you are still able to connect with people in some ways um, and, you know, spending some good time in whatever way possible with the family and friends uh, around you. And plus, this probably works well for me anyway, that we're not meeting physically, because um, then I'll be broke from giving out Lysi to everybody. But anyway, here's another episode of our podcast. We're going to be talking about celebrations today. So we're going to center this conversation about Chinese New Year a little bit, but more generally about the theme of celebrations and the things that we like to celebrate. And so I hope you enjoy what we're going to be talking about. Find somewhere cool, find somewhere nice you can sit down and, and listen. Maybe grab a few friends and listen together. This is the 180 Podcast. You know, it's been a long, long, dark season for us as a people, as a city, even all over the world. And a lot of the conversations we've been having have been focusing so much on pain and suffering. And that's okay, you know, because the truth is, a lot of us, a lot of people around the world are walking through pain and suffering at the moment. But today, I thought I wanted to inject some joy and celebration into our lives. Since this is Chinese New Year, and it is a time that we in Hong Kong and in lots of Chinese Uh, cities and places around the world, you know, I like to celebrate Chinese New Year. It's a time, like I said just now, where people get together and eat and have a good time. Plus, celebrating things is also all over the Bible as well. You know, Jesus, our Savior, the one we follow, was one who, yes, was familiar with pain and suffering. But at the same time, he also knew what it was like to be joyful and to go around celebrating things, eating, drinking, having a good time. And after all, right, the first miracle Jesus performed was at a celebration of a wedding. So this is what I want to focus on today, the idea of celebration. And to start us off, I want you to think of a question. Think about this for a minute, okay? What is your earliest memory of Chinese New Year? Like when you think of Chinese New Year, what do you think about? Think about that for a second and I'll get right back to you, okay? So for me, Chinese New Year centers around two things, really. My grandma and her food. And the favorite thing of her food that I liked was her pig stomach soup. It really is literally my favorite soup in the whole world. And I love soups. I'm a huge fan of soups. 
And I really miss it because my grandma passed away a, f- a few years ago now, and my other relatives attempt, even my own attempts to make it, the pig stomach soup that is, is not just quite the same. But that's what it would be like, right? Our relatives right now, if we were having a Chinese New Year in my memory, this is my relatives and my cousins all cramming into my grandma's home, hanging out for the day. We would be playing card games. I'd be losing money to my dad. Uh, playing big two and blackjack and lots of laughs, lots of fun. It would just be a great family time. But like I said, with you guys, how do you like to celebrate Chinese New Year? Or if you're not Chinese, you know any other celebrations that you do in your culture? What do you like to celebrate in those times? How does the family come together? Now, as I was thinking about this, it just really reminded me that God really has a heart for celebrating. And we see this right in the story of、uh, the prodigal son, as found in Luke 15. The story of the prodigal son's return is met with celebration. I just want to take a moment to reflect a little bit on that story because, even though we know it well, maybe sometimes we know it so well that we lose what it's really about, and we lose some elements for it. And so, for the context,、um, you know, let's just recap very quickly. What this story, some elements of this story, and what it's about, because I think yes, it really is a great story about a son making a mess of things, losing everything,、um, coming back, but then being caught in the wonderful arms of the father. But the celebration part is what I want to focus in on. But let's look at some elements of it first, right? Firstly,、um, in his context, in that time, for a son to ask a fed. Sorry, for a son to ask his father for his inheritance, whilst the father was still alive, would have been completely unheard of, and not just unheard of, totally shameful as well, right? Now,、um, shame is something that we don't like to talk about, that we don't want to deal with, right? Shame is one of those things, especially in Asian culture, to bring shame upon your family. It's such a terrible thing. But this is exactly what the younger son was doing. He was bringing shame onto his family. He's saying to his dad, "I wish you were dead." He's also really saying that he values money and material possessions more than a relationship with his father. And so he brings shame. He brings shame to the family. And like I said, we kind of understand this maybe quite well in Asian culture, but in many other cultures as well, to bring shame upon yourself. But especially to bring shame upon the family is a terrible thing to do. But this young man decides to do what he does anyway, and what we see is the father doesn't protest at all. He simply allows his son to do what he wants to do, and his son goes off with this money. And of course, as the story goes, right, the son very quickly squanders away all the money he finds himself. Uh, with right, it's a lot at first. You know, he had a big inheritance,、um, but then after all the money is used up, he finds himself in the worst position in life that he's ever been in, sitting in the dirt, feeding pigs, hungry and broke. And so he decides to go home, face his father and whatever consequences that he thinks that will come to him as a result of this. He's already resolved. You know what? I'm not going to be a son. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna beg to be a servant. It's better than what I'm doing now. I've already lost my inheritance as a son, so my father might take me back. Hopefully, he'll take me back as a servant of his. 
But here's the amazing thing about the story, right? Like I said, the part that usually gets highlighted is the love of the father, right? The, the fact that the father has been standing out, waiting for his son to return, throws his arms around him. There is true love in that moment between the father and the son. But however, with the theme of celebration in mind, Right, the part that stands out to me really isn't just this initial moment of love, but it's in the lavish celebration that his father threw for his child. And it stands out to me because the dad did not have to do that. Yes, he could have welcomed the son back and he could have shown him love, but just quietly invited him back into the family. Or he could have still welcomed him back, but at the same time, you know, could said, okay, you're welcome to come back. But from now on, I'm going to keep a strict eye on you. Make sure you don't do anything bad again. right? He could have been like that. But the father doesn't do this. Instead, what he does, he goes and he throws a massive party. He kills the fattened calf. That phrase, right, of killing the fattened calf is also used in like normal culture right now as a sign of celebration. And he invites everyone to attend and they celebrate like there's no tomorrow. And what this tells me is that God loves to celebrate. He loves to celebrate people when they turn around. He loves to celebrate things that are restored. God is a God of celebration. He's a fun God and he's always looking for a reason to celebrate his children. And there's power in celebration, right? Isn't there? I think this celebration really would let have let the son know he wasn't just welcome back it wasn't just like his dad was okay you can come back now but with the celebration that his dad holds for the son it was a sign that you know what you are really welcome back i'm not just you know welcoming you back i am glad you are back so in this in mind with chinese new year that we are celebrating right now my challenge to you is this do you know anyone or someone somewhere who has been pretty down lately for maybe a lot of different reasons and if there is if there is someone that god is bringing up to mind right now ask god this question how is god leading you to celebrate this person and there could be so many creative ways we can do this right but god i think is calling a lot of us out to walk alongside people in this season, in this season where they've been feeling down and low and wrestling with so many sad things. God wants to, I think, use us to help people celebrate the goodness that there is in their lives. And through the celebration, remind them that they are loved, remind them that they're welcome, remind them that, remind them that in God is great joy and rejoicing and parties and God loves them that much that he would celebrate them. So who is God asking you to do this for? Ask yourself this question right now. And when we come back in just a few moments, I want to encourage you with a story. I want to tell you a story. It's not my story. It's a story about a man named Tony Campolo, who's a preacher and a man who's written many books, a Christian leader, um, someone who I've looked up to for quite some time. Um, his name is Tony Campolo, if you want to Google him. But he tells this amazing story of celebration that I want to just read to you in just a minute. But for the moment, think about who God is asking you to celebrate in this time.
So here's the story by Tony Campolo. This actually happened to him, and uh, it's an amazing story. So, yeah, let's listen up to see what he says. Up a side street, I found a little place that was still open. I went in, took a seat on one of the stools at the counter, and waited to be served. This was one of those sleazy places that deserves the name Greasy Spoon. I didn't even touch the menu. I was afraid that if I opened it, something gruesome would crawl out. But it was the only place I could find. The fat guy behind the counter came over and asked me, What do you want? I said a cup of coffee and a donut. He poured a cup of coffee, wiped his grimy hand on his smudged apron, and then grabbed a donut off the shelf behind him. I'm a realist. I know that in the back room of that restaurant, donuts were probably dropped on the floor and kicked around. But when everything out front is where I could see it, I would really have appreciated if he had used a pair of tongs and placed a donut on some wax paper. As I sat there munching on my donut, sipping on my coffee at 3.30 in the morning, the door of the diner suddenly swung open, and to my discomfort, in marched eight or nine provocative and boisterous prostitutes. It was a small place, and they sat on either side of me. The talk was loud and crude, and I felt completely out of place, and was just about to take um, to make my getaway when I overheard the woman beside me say, Tomorrow is my birthday. I'm going to be 39. Her friend responded with a nasty tone. So what do you want from me? A birthday party? What do you want? You want me to get you a cake and sing you happy birthday? Come on, said the woman sitting next to me. Why do you have to be so mean? I was just telling you, that's all. Why do you have to put me down? I was just telling you it's my birthday. I don't want anything from you. I mean, why should you give me a birthday party? I've never had a birthday party my whole life. Why should I have one now? When I heard that, I made a decision, and I waited until the woman had left. Then I called over the fat guy behind the counter and I asked him, Do they come in here every night? Yeah, he answered. The one right next to me. Does she come here every night? Yeah, he said. That's Agnes. Yeah, she comes here every night. Why? Why do you want to know? Well, because I heard that tomorrow it's her birthday, I told him. What do you say you and I do something about that? What do you think about us throwing a birthday party for her right here tomorrow night? A cute smile slowly crossed his chubby cheeks and he answered with a measured delight. That's great. I like it. That's a great idea. Calling to his wife who did the cooking in the back room, he shouted, Hey, come out here. This guy's got a great idea. Tomorrow's Agnes's birthday. This guy wants to go in with him and throw a birthday party for her right here tomorrow night. His wife came out of the back room all bright and smiley. She said, That's wonderful. You know, Angus is one of those people who's really nice and kind, and nobody does anything nice and kind for her. Look, I told them, if it's okay with you, I'll get back here tomorrow morning about 2.30 and decorate the place. I'll even get a cake. No way, said Harry. That was his name. The birthday cake's my thing. I'll make the cake. At 2.30 the next morning, I was back at the diner. I picked up some crepe paper decorations at the store and made a sign out of the big pieces of cardboard that read, Happy Birthday Agnes. I decorated the diner from one end to the other. I had that diner looking good. The woman who did the cooking must have gotten the word out in the street because by 3.15, every prostitute in Honolulu was in the place, 
it was wall to wall with prostitutes and me. And at 3.30 on the dot, the door of the soup diner swung open and in came Agnes and her friend. I had everybody ready. After all, I was kind of the MC of the affair. And when they came in, we all screamed, Happy birthday! I've never seen someone so flabbergasted, so stunned, so shaken. Her mouth fell open. Her legs seemed to buckle a bit. Her friend grabbed her arms to steady her. As she was led to sit on one of the stools along the counter, we all sang happy birthday to her. And when we came to end of our singing happy birthday, dear Angus, happy birthday to you, her eyes moistened. Then when the birthday cake with all the candles on was carried out, she just lost it and openly cried. Harry gruffly mumbled, Blow out my candles, Agnes. Come on, blow out the candles. If you don't blow out the candles, I'm going to have to blow out the candles. And after an endless few seconds, he did. He handed her a knife and told her, Cut the cake, Angus. Yo, Angus, we all want some cake. Angus looked down at the cake. Then without taking it, without taking her eyes off of it, she slowly, softly said, Look, Harry, if it's all right with you, I mean, if it's okay, I kind of want to ask you, is it okay if I keep the cake a little while? I mean, is it all right if we don't eat it straight away? Harry shrugged and answered, Sure, it's okay if you want to keep the cake, keep the cake, take it home if you want to. Can I? she asked. Then she looked at me and said, I live just down the street a couple of doors. I want to take the cake home, okay? And I'll be right back, honest. She got off the school. She got off the stool, picked up the cake, and carrying it like it was a holy grail, walked slowly toward the door. We all just stood there, motionless. She left. When the door closed, there was a stunned silence in the place. Not knowing what else to do, I broke the silence by saying, What do you say? We pray. Looking back on it now, it seemed strange for a sociologist to be leading a prayer with a bunch of prostitutes in the diner in Honolulu at 3.30 in the morning. But it just felt like the right thing to do. I prayed for Angus. I prayed for her salvation. I prayed that her life would be changed and that God would be good to her. When I finished, Harry leaned over the counter with a trace of hostility in his voice. He said, Hey, you never told me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you belong to? It was one of those moments when just the right words came. I answered, I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning. Harry waited with a moment and almost sneered as he answered, No, you don't. There's no church like that. If there was, I'd join it. I would join a church like that. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all like to join a church that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning? Well, that's the kind of church that Jesus came to create. So there we have it, guys. Hope that story was encouraging to you. Like we've said, in a time where there's been so much doom and gloom, my Chinese New Year blessing for you would be that God brings celebration into your life. But also, He will use you to help others around you to celebrate as well. God bless and see you guys next time.